0: Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
1: Welcome to Fantasy Football Today, Dynasty. I am your host, Heath Cummings, joined today by Adam Pfeiffer, of TN. Adam, what is up? You I, you are dressed in the Bills colors today.
0: We were talking before we, we hopped on. I mean, it's my entire wardrobe, so it would be... Uh, it would be very odd if I wasn't wearing anything bills really, but especially after Sunday. I mean, uh, massive win. Turns out Josh Allen is still good at football after week one. Shocked. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I have to. I have to wear Bills pretty much six days out of the week. Um, <laughs> but uh, but no, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, and you've been on the show once before, and what I generally like to do with people is, you know, I'll go three questions for the guest. We've already done that with you, so today we're going to do three questions about the Buffalo Bills and Dynasty, so you you dressed the part. We'll also have some deep waiver wire ads. We will go over risers and fallers, and we've got big news to discuss. Jonathan Taylor may be coming back. Cooper Cup may be coming back. Jamison Williams may be coming back. Dallas Goddard may be mattering to the Eagles offense. All kinds of exciting things happening in the fantasy football world. Let's get started, though, with three questions about the Bills and Dynasty. I do think a really interesting team because obviously Josh Allen is either QB1 or QB2 or QB3 in Dynasty. Stefan Diggs, a little bit old, but a clear top two or three guy for contenders right now and still a top 12 guy for everybody else. And then a lot of question marks. Um, James Cook, we'll start with him. Love the usage outside of the red zone so far this year. Looks like we might actually have a running back for the Bills catch 50 passes. He's still young, wildly efficient. How high is too high to rank James Cook in Dynasty?
0: Yeah, it's really tough because we just saw, and like, as a massive Bills fan, I've also been a huge fan of Devin Singletary's he uh-huh. is not as talented as James Cook, but we did see them, you know, use Singletary in a similar like 16 to 18 touch roll. And then once he had his rookie contract up, they moved on. So I don't think that's like out of the range of possibilities. But at the same time, like James Cook is more explosive. He's better in the passing game. And we've seen that, you know, with obviously the Bills after that week one game, it was like, Josh, like you, you have to start taking the layups. And that was the the key for me in the off season was will Ken Dorsey design more layups for Josh Allen, then defense has to start, you know, moving up, and then you can take the deep shots. And that's what we've seen the last three weeks where the Raiders game, it was all checkdowns. downs. A lot of that again was the Washington game. And then last week it was kind of like, okay, everything was working, but no, like you said, I mean, James Cook's use uh, target is like doubled this season. It's, it was like 6% last year. It's hovering around 12% this season. Um, Last week was interesting, too, because he finally got the short yardage touchdown going into that game. I believe he had played three snaps from inside the five Mm -hmm. Latavius Murray and Damian Harris going into last week had combined for like 12. So obviously he played a little bit. He played a couple, two carries inside the five on Sunday, scored one of them. I do think it's a little bit like I don't want to say it's a fluke, but like. They handed the ball off and then went really fast. Hurry up! They were right trying. The to, I, I thought it seemed very intentional. They were going to get James Cook okay. a touchdown. In well, I mean, situation. Josh Allen clearly wanted him in the end zone. Yeah, because Josh Allen pushed him Put from him behind, behind to get in.
1: If he um, even got in,
0: yeah, uh, I don't. So I actually, I actually didn't think he got in. But the, the question: How high is too high? Like, I don't, I don't think he's a top twelve running back. But, that's where I think that that's I'm right on the the edge of that. I actually have
1: right. him just inside. I want to ask some guys who are similar age, um, James Cook or Javante Williams in Dynasty.
0: If you asked me, even before the season when we knew Javante would be slow to you know mm-hmm. come out of the season, I would probably would have still leaned Javante. But based off, like because we saw James Cook. Super efficient as a rookie last season, albeit on a small sample size. But he's been really good again this year. The offense, and that's the thing too with the Bills. Like when I talk about players outside of obviously like Stephon Diggs for Dynasty, like right. this whole team is young. Like Josh Allen, young, and he's he's guarant- Like he's not going anywhere. Same thing with the management. Same thing with the head coach. Um, and I thought the Bills' run game has been a pleasant surprise. So I would actually go James Cook now. I I would too, James Cook or DeAndre Swift. These last three games have made this very interesting <laughs> now because, I mean, Swift's still on a one-year deal. And, like, yeah. I, would, I would still lean Cook just because we know right. he'll be on well, a top-five offense for at least the next couple seasons. But if you told me Swift got re-upped with the Eagles, it'd be a very, very interesting discussion.
1: One more. You can just give the one-word answer because we're going to talk about this guy as a faller at the end of the show, James Cook or Andre Stevenson. James Cook easily James Cook for me. So yeah, I I do actually have him just inside the top 12.
0: Yeah, maybe maybe he is inside the top 12. I haven't I haven't done like a uh a right. redo of dynasty ranks because I've been doing so much seasonal stuff, but yeah, I mean he's 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 been very polarizing too, I feel like for the last Qu- 4 months, right? Question number 2, will Gabe Davis ever be anything
1: more than what he has been? And I I want to Like I'm not putting Gabe Davis down when I say that. I think he is a fantastic guy to have in your lineup as a number 3 wide receiver or a flex. He might score you 15 or 20 fantasy points that week. He might get one target. He might still score 15 fantasy points on one target. You just never really know exactly, but very good at his role. Is he ever anything more than this? Is he ever a 20% target share guy?
0: I mean, not when you have Stefan Diggs there, obviously, but I think... Gabriel Davis is just always going to be a upside wide receiver three, like you said, mm-hmm. and that's fine. I, I think in this offense, like he is somebody that's been much better. If you look at his splits against zone coverage. So I feel like we talk about that a lot with like IU and Debo in terms of the zone man splits. Davis has been really good against teams that play a lot of zone. You look at the Raiders game. He had 90 in a the touchdown. They play mostly zone last week. Vic Fangio has played a lot more zone with Miami compared to years past when they've been so man heavy. He scored. Like, you're, you're hoping he scores on six, maybe seven targets for his ceiling, and that's fine for a wide receiver three, especially where, you know, this time last season he was being drafted as high as, you know, we've ever seen. So, um, right. yeah, I think the way you worded it is perfectly, like, I don't think he'll surpass this, which is still a lot of weeks where he'll be a top 20 receiver, and some weeks where we will have three catches for 40 yards and won't score. I did want to just address a
1: question I saw in the chat before we get to our last bill question. Do I spend every fab dollar on Julio, Julio McLaughlin? We've got waiver wire coming up. We're going to spend a lot of time on the rookie running back and what we're doing. But uh, I lean towards probably, and it's a deep dynasty league question. Number three, Dalton Kincaid, is he going to happen this year? Or can we wait to 2024 to buy low? My, my rookie tight end strategy, and it's, failing miserably with sam laporta right now but for the most part my strategy has been let's just wait until the following october and we'll buy them cheaper than they were in the rookie draft because rookie tight ends are almost always bad um so far it looks like not a bad strategy with with mayor or with with kincaid um, not working out so well with laporta do you think
0: kincaid gets it going at all this year or is he just a
1: long-term play
0: I think he gets it going this year. I think we've also, because we knew going into season that rookie tight ends rarely are incredibly productive, and then we've seen what Sam Laporte has done, and now we're like, okay, what's going on with Kincaid? What's going on with Michael Mayer? Kincaid will get it going this year. I don't think he's going to be to the point where it's like we view him as somebody you have to start every week, like Laporte is suddenly a top-six tight end. But, I mean, just last week, season high in um, – you know, he, he started to play more. He ran a season high in terms of percentage of routes run. He had a 17% target share, which was tied for a season high. My, what I want to see from the bills is they're using him right now in very, very, very low risk plays, right? It's a lot of chipping a dif- defensive lineman and then leaking out for a quick pass. They're not using him as the, you know, essential, essentially the slot wide receiver that we've heard, which rarely happens, I feel like, but there are occasions like last week against Miami where he does line up in the slot against a linebacker and it's, it's game over. So I think the bills want him at some point to be in that Cole Beasley role, not saying he's going to catch 80 passes, but yeah, I think there's going to be a stretch at some point this season where he starts to be close to what we hope for. But, but in terms of like expecting what we've seen from Sam Laporta, probably more so next year.
1: Right. I think that's probably right. That's enough on the bills. Let's get to the big news. (laughs) Jonathan Taylor going to return to practice, I believe, tomorrow. He will be active at the 21-day window will be opened. Um, His head coach actually saying it's a possibility that we could see him this week. They've had conversations, and they're positive. Now, I've not heard anything from Taylor or from Taylor's camp that suggests that his feeling towards playing for the Colts on his current contract has actually changed. He's currently my RB6 in Dynasty. I think he could come back this week, start, and become RB2 in Dynasty this week if we knew he was all the way back in with the Colts. How are you handling Taylor? Do you feel confident he's coming back to play for Indianapolis? Do you feel confident he's going to make it more than a game before he needs to come out for another injury? What's what's your feeling right now on him?
0: So I feel like when we do a lot of this fantasy analysis, it's – it's okay to just not know. And I have no clue what to expect from Jonathan Taylor, to to be honest. But I will say, if he gets anything close, to, and I can't believe I'm saying this at this point of season, if he gets anything close to what we're seeing from Zach Moss usage, right. yeah, he's gonna be, you know, at worst, you know, the th- a top three running back in dynasty because Zach Moss um, is like he's like at forty, he's touching, he's either seeing a carry or a target on like forty two percent of his snaps. It's the highest rate right. in NFL. It's it's higher than McCaffrey. It's insane. And then you add the fact that Shane Steichen and Anthony Richardson look fantastic. Mm -hmm. And the offense looks like it's going to be better than league average at this point with what we've seen from Richardson. He's been unbelievable. And then the fact that Jonathan Taylor is still really good at football. So, yeah, I I think as long as he stays healthy, I don't know what's going on. I did see, I think, Jay Glazer reported uh, yesterday or the day before that no teams have made any offers to the Colts for Jonathan Taylor, which kind of makes sense considering Miami has – the best running back in NFL history now all of a sudden, which is good for them. And then Minnesota obviously (laughs) made that trade for Akers. So I don't know if there is a team.
1: Well, there's one that I think makes a ton of sense.
0: Baltimore? Yeah. As somebody that has a really good dynasty team with Jonathan Taylor, I would not be opposed to that. But then kind of everybody wins, right? Taylor gets a great spot where he can get all the work. Zach Moss can still be useful. Um, So I don't know what's going on with with the situation, but I do know if he's playing for the Colts and gets – the Zach Moss role, he's going to be really, really good. I, I would
1: feel more comfortable with Taylor almost anywhere next week than in Indianapolis just because, and and some of this is speculation on my part, some of it the NFL speculating on. They sent a letter to the Players Association saying, stop advising running backs to not play through in- injuries. It's a violation of our agreement. But Taylor has done so far the best job of all the running backs of, not having to play for four weeks or practice for eight weeks and getting paid for all of it. And so I do have concern that if, and he's not going to trade him, he's not going to play through anything. That That's really my only concern. I, I would love to see him back. I'd love, I think, honestly, if he's happy in Indianapolis, they might be the favorites to win that division. Um, yeah. Um, Number two, Cooper Cup will be returning to practice, but his coach, Sean McVay, says there's a difference between return to play and return to perform. I don't know for sure that they're going to rush him back. We're going to talk about Puka Nakua because he continues to skyrocket up the dynasty rankings in just a little bit. But do you view Cup as just as soon as he's back, he's Cooper Cup again? Or are you thinking as a Cooper Cup dynasty manager, this might be my last off ramp with people thinking that he's about ready to come back.
0: Yeah. It's really tough because like you have the situation where at worst, like even if you think Cooper cup goes back to being this, you know, 32% target share player and everything. And worst case is Puka goes to like the Robert Woods role. The difference is, and I love Robert Woods, actually one of my favorite players, you know, in the league. The difference between that is when he was with the Rams, he wasn't getting open at this rate. He wasn't getting targets at this rate. He was getting he was getting seven, eight targets a lot of games. But he's also getting those jet sweeps, and we've seen them do that a little bit with Puka because he did, he did that in college too. But the way he's getting open against zone coverage and everything, like this is not a fluke. So, and the way Stafford's playing, like I, I think Cup is somebody you're starting the second he's active, obviously. But like I don't know if he's back to being. Because like preseason, I had Cup as my wide receiver three. Like I had him ahead of Tyree Kill, which obviously looks terrible right now. But I I think I I don't. I don't think. I guess the best way to put it is I don't think this is going to be Cooper Cup thirty two percent target share because. And the other thing too is I agree with you. I don't think he plays this week. Right. I think they they can be cautious with him. They're two and two. They're, it's not just Puka that's played well. They're getting great contributions from Tutu Atwell and Kyron Williams. Stafford's playing well. The defense is playing way better than anybody expected. So I think they should and would be wise to kind of ease him in. So, But it's very interesting to see what happens.
1: And uh, news item number three, Jamison Williams is back. Eligible to return this week. This... I I need you to shine some sunshine on Jamison Williams. Get get people excited. I have. I'm gonna trade. I want
0: to trade. I I don't have him on a team. I I would trade him right now, honestly.
1: You so you're not gonna help here. Uh, (laughs) He is like. I think we should at least remember that there were a lot of people coming into last year that thought Jamison Williams might have been the best wide receiver in that class. Mm -hmm. He is an extremely talented dude. I just am afraid. Like I don't. I don't think he's taking Josh Reynolds off the field. I think he's taking Khalif Raymond's role when he's ready, and that's not this week. Yeah. Um, he's going to be added a lot, but kind of the same thing I said for Cooper Cup. Now Cup's it makes more sense because he's 30. Um, so maybe it is the last chance to get off. But man, I I would be just about ready to sell Jamison Williams right now if I had him.
0: Yeah. So I, I'm I'm no help to you. I I literally was going into this. Soon as I saw the news that he was eligible to return this week, perfect opportunity to trade him. Not that he's not a talented player, and not that he's not going to have some really, really impressive games. But it's not just the fact that, like Josh Reynolds, doesn't come off the field, like you said. They have Sam Laporta, who's like they're already not throwing the ball at a massive rate anyway. They're, right. I, I believe they lead the NFL in red zone rush rate, which you know Dave yep. Montgomery's going to have thirty-eight touchdowns. So, but then you add the fact that. Say Jared Goff throws thirty-two passes in a game, Rao is getting eight to ten, Laporta is getting six to eight. I mean Gibbs would hope getting is getting yeah, yeah. I just I think James Williams is going to be like almost like Gabe Davis, but in an offense that's not throwing the ball as much and isn't quite as good. Well, and he's got a ways to go to get to Gabe
1: Davis. Like, All right, he played six games last year, he caught one pass.
0: Yeah, and the thing with Davis too, like he doesn't come off the field. Like right. he's gonna he's going to run and play as many snaps, run as many routes and play as many snaps as anybody. And like Jamison Williams, this team still plays a lot of two tight end sets. When they go two wide receivers, I think it's going to be Amon Ron Josh Reynolds. So yeah, I, I would I would use this opportunity to try to trade him, especially if like you are hurting at running back or something like that.
1: So I want to just go through a few names here. I'll try to try to keep it to the young guys here. Um Dell over Jamison Williams.
0: Yeah, it's you? not even not even close for me. Especially with the way C.J. Stroud's playing,
1: Nico over Jamison. Yep, Jamison or Gabe Davis in Dynasty.
0: That's tough because this is this is a contract year for Davis. But I kind of think like he's he's a captain for that team. I think they kind of bring him back. So I'm going Gabe Davis. Obviously, I've got Jamison. Just that's the only one of the guys that I asked that I have Jamison ahead
1: of, and it's it's just barely one more. And this isn't really big news, but we did want to talk about him and. The Eagles were talking about Dallas Goddard. He's he's still a part of the game plan, Adam. Um, it's been it's hard to lower him too much based on performance because all the tight ends who are around him have been terrible. Also, um, do you have any hope for Dallas Goddard? Are you ranking him like a starter on a weekly basis right now? And is he still a top ten guy for dynasty purposes?
0: So Goddard is so interesting because on a per target basis, there haven't been four tight ends better than him over the past three seasons. The problem is right now he's still running routes like all the time. Yeah. The problem is with the Seagulls offense, it's they're running the ball more and more effectively. They are their fifth. I believe they're like 63% red zone rush rate, which is top five in the NFL. We know when they get inside the five, it's either going to Swift or they get even closer. We know what they're doing. And then it's this RPO scheme offense still, which when they run the RPOs, it's going to AJ Brown if they're throwing the ball because that's how these plays are set up. And like Dallas Goddard, like after that Week One game where he had zero catches, they designed some screens for him, which they occasionally do. He had two screen targets in that Minnesota game where he had like five catches for twenty yards, and he has he's had one since. Like, I just think, and the other thing, and this is my concern going into the season. You want to guess how many end zone targets Dallas Goddard has since 2021? Like four. It's exactly four. So well done. I think um, two of them might have been from from Gardner Minshew. Right. The, <laughs> this team doesn't throw in the red zone very much, especially this year, and they hard like they haven't even when they do, it's it's not gone to Dallas Goddard. So right. it's it, it, again. It's it's almost like it's not quite to the Kyle Pitts level because like Goddard's still giving you something most weeks. He's also not competing for targets with Johnny Smith. Um, but yeah, it's, you're kind of like stuck because like LaPorta, we're, we're, t- we're starting over him, right? But like after that, like, are you really starting? That's a bad example because he's out a couple weeks now. But like, you weren't. I don't think you were going Frymuth over him. I don't think you're going Hunter Henry over him.
1: I might go Hunter Henry over him. I think I'd go Cole, i I go Cole Comet over him.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see it against a non-
1: Broncos team
0: <laughs> and I love Justin Fields and he played like he played great regardless of the opponent but yeah like I would like to see this offense really be functional for a couple weeks but I don't I don't think it's crazy to have commit and and Henry over him it's just been and, and then in that same kind of quote we talked about with Sirianni he was he was he was doing what we hate coaches to do for with tight ends and gushing about his run blocking like yeah he <laughs> gets tough
1: yeah all right, let's take a short break, and then we will get into the uh, the deep dive waiver wire right after this. Okay, Adam, so the way we like to do this is we, we look for guys who are rostered in 10% of CBS leagues or fewer. Some of these guys are still owned rostered in a lot of dynasty leagues. I understand that, but some of these guys are not. And at the top of the list at quarterback, it's a short list. It's, ta- it's Zach Wilson and Taylor Heineke, and Heineke not actually a starter yet. Zach Wilson, probably his most impressive game that I can remember in the last year and a half. Now he gets to go play against those Broncos. Is he a surefire QB2 starter this week? Is there any hope that, you know, like he got off this season, terrible start, looks awful, but also playing a top five defense three weeks in a row, it seemed like. Mm -hmm. And then the Chiefs defense has been very good as well this season. Is there hope that as the schedule lightens up, Zach Wilson can maybe grow a little bit as a quarterback and take advantage of the fact that he's got Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall and piece together a, a decent QB two season.
0: Yeah. So the other thing other than Zach Wilson that impressed me in that game, I think that was the best game we've seen Nathaniel Hackett call in years, because what did we all expect the Jets to do once Aaron Rodgers got hurt? It was run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, rely on the defense. I don't think they can actually do that because especially if you're not giving Brees like 90% of the work because Dalvin Cook's been like the least efficient running back in the league. So if you try to run on a first and second down, all of a sudden it's third and eight and then you have Zach Wilson and third long against these good defenses. So what Hackett did last week was against the Chiefs was play action on first down and get ahead of the sticks and Wilson looked more comfortable. So yeah, like <laughs> I was actually thinking about this yesterday. Like, are you starting Zach Wilson over Joe Burrow this week? I am 100% starting Zach Wilson over Joe Burrow that, this week. I, that's what I'm saying. Like, Um, And then the Broncos, I mean, they're allowing like almost four points per drive, like insane. Most a 10.2% passing touchdown rate, highest yards per attempt. I mean, we saw like, it's just, they are just unbelievably bad. So that stat line 245 and two, if Zach Wilson did that again, I would not be shocked.
1: Yeah, I, I I think he's definitely an ad in the Superflex league. Make sure that he's rostered. One quarterback, I would start him over Burrow. I'd start him over Dak against San Francisco this week, mm-hmm. also. So that's that's a couple of guys. As we did not think we'd be saying that. The other guy, Heineke, like we're just we're just hoping that our, Arthur Smith benches Desmond Ritter at some point, point. Um, and then Heineke, I think, would probably be a QB two, and I think we'd probably see the pass rate go up a little bit for the Falcons. There were a couple of guys who got a chance to start um, rookie quarterbacks. Both rostered in about five percent of leagues. Um, Aiden O'Connell, we got AOC and, and DTR, I guess, for the Browns. Do you have any impressions from those guys? I thought as a passer, O'Connell looked okay. His pocket presence was pretty terrible. Yeah. Um, I didn't see anything at all that I liked from DTR.
0: Yes, O'Connell like had this weird thing where he just didn't target Devontae Adams the second half, which in your first career start. Seems really suboptimal to not throw to one of the three best wide receivers in the world. But then he started to get it going in the second half. I actually didn't see much of the uh, the Cleveland Baltimore game. Right. Um, so, like, DTR was obviously really exciting in the preseason, but we expect Deshaun Watson. I think Deshaun Watson was like cleared to play in that game, but he was just, they, they were being safe. So, um, right. I, I think Watson's going to be back under center. Garoppolo, I still believe, is in the concussion protocol unless something came out today. So, right. something to keep an eye on. But I'm actually. Very just at least, you know, happy that the Raiders went with O'Connell instead of Brian Hoyer.
1: Yes, that was nice. And I, I think if I had to stash one of these guys, it would probably be O'Connell just because it seems more likely that Jimmy G will go down with an injury this year than Deshaun Watson. It's probably delayed this long enough. Julio McLaughlin, 3% rostered, 10 yards per carry last week. It was the Bears. Looks like the most explosive Broncos running back. If you one of my favorite things that has happened since we started this podcast, I don't know, back in April, is that when this happens, when Puka happened, week one, I get these tweets from guys. Hey, you guys talked about him back in April, back in May, back in June, and we did definitely talk about this guy as as kind of uh, Sean Payton's pet project. How do you see this Broncos running back room kind of moving forward and? Somebody asked in a deep dynasty league, which I think you would expect that McLaughlin was rostered in most of those, but not all, certainly.
0: Is he worth a a full one hundred percent of the fab? It's gotta be pretty close in a deep dynasty league. And like it's not like he wasn't it's not like he went from healthy scratch, zero snaps, to playing when Javante went out. He was getting he had like they had a, a design toss play, I think it was week three, in the red zone. It was for him. Right. And he scored. He's shown a lot of burst. And like when Javante went out, Samaje Piran, I believe, is still playing most of the two minute work. But like I- I've seen kind of conflicting stuff with Javante. He might miss one to two weeks. He might still be able to play this week, but still like he's clearly somebody that needs to be added in dynasty leagues, whether Javante plays or not. And then you add the fact that he could be out one to two weeks. Yeah. I mean, the offense has looked obviously much improved, um, the only thing I worry about is like, will this defense be able to not, you know, give up 40 points and will he be able to get 15 carries in a given game if he starts? Because I still think they trust Samaj Piron in the two minute drill, which he was playing a lot last week. But yeah, I think he's pretty close to somebody that you have to kind of just go for in a deep dynasty league. If you're you know hurting at running back,
1: the other running back I had on the list and it's, it's somebody I, I've had a lot of tweets relatively considering about Keaton Mitchell He's on the IR for the Ravens. Obviously, they've got the J.K. Dobbins situation. They're trying to piecemeal it together with Gus Edwards and Justice Hill and Melvin Gordon. And Mitchell, kind of like McLaughlin, like he's got some 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 uh, some burst ability if he can get all the way back to what he was. Um, is this somebody you're interested in, in kind of rostering and stashing?
0: A little bit. I think the usage from the Ravens running backs last week. Justice Hill was limited coming off the turf toe, mm-hmm. so Gus got a lot of the work. I just worry that like this team has been clearly I don't I don't know if they've been comfortable because they've just been so depleted at running back, but they've been perfectly fine giving these veterans, you know, Kenyon Drake, Melvin Gordon, maybe work, but they also probably know what they have in every running back on that team except for Keaton Mitchell. So from just that that point of view, it's it's right. definitely worth a speculative speculative ad. The other thing too with the Ravens, this has not been the, the offense we expected in the offseason. season. They lead the NFL in neutral script rush rate. They're ahead of Atlanta. They're running the ball fifty three percent of the time in neutral game scripts. So right. it's not like it's okay. Even even I thought when Dobbins went out, they would just go okay. We're going to this pass-heavy offense that they kind of alluded to, but they've also been missing wide receivers too. So, Um, but yeah, I think he's worth a definite, uh, definite look. Have they had one game this season
1: with their top three wide receivers and Mark Andrews healthy? Or to Beckham, so week one
0: Andrews is out. Week two, they had Odell leave. He didn't play the second half. Okay, and then then week three. Um, Odell didn't play, and then obviously Odell didn't play. And Bateman didn't play. play, So so. we've
1: not really seen that pass offense with all of the weapons
0: there. This team just every year, especially early in the year, they're missing like eight key players every single year. I don't know how they do it. It is.
1: uh, They'd probably like to figure out how to stop doing it. At wide receiver, (laughs) I got a couple of guys who are 5% rostered. Michael Wilson should be rostered in all dynasty leagues. He was just a rookie that was selected. But... 5%, Five percent. I mean, there are leagues that only have two or three rounds of rookie drafts. Maybe he didn't get picked. Do you think he like what I what struggle with is Marquise Brown's going to be the clear number one. And they're throwing the ball to their tight ends at a 25 to 30% clip. Even when Kyler comes back, can Wilson matter this year for fantasy with Brown as the number one and the tight ends getting
0: this many targets? I think he can because I think. On that final drive on Sunday, I think Ertz had, like, five targets or something. Like, he was doing nothing until that last drive of the game right. in garbage time. Uh, his, his target rate, and I, I've kind of been tracking this. Josh Dobbs, and I think he's had, like, six starts or something over the past couple of seasons, five, six starts. In those starts, he's targeting tight ends, like, 35% of the time. I think it went down, obviously, after last week. But they're not using Rondo Moore in a different way in this new offense. It's still a lot of... Um, short. He's still like bottom five and eight eye, and then he's right. getting a couple jet sweeps. So his role hasn't changed. So it's really like Michael Wilson as the two, and Josh Dobbs is playing really good football. So um, yeah, like he obviously should have been drafted um, in, in in every rookie draft. But it, like you mentioned, in case it's a more of a shallow rookie draft, yeah, make sure you go get him. But I, I think I think he should be the wide receiver two for this team the rest of the season. And I, I expect the targets to go down from these tight ends, especially with Dobbs playing the way he's been playing. And then any
1: interest at all in Nick Westbrook, if Traylon Burks misses another game, Westbrook was involved, DeAndre Hopkins doesn't seem to be quite 100% that's, that's right now. That's the thing.
0: Hopkins, he was limited again yesterday on Sunday. Right. And it's like, I I can't take practice reports away from him or Henry because they aren't going right. to practice a lot this year. But if he keeps not practicing and then being limited, he was like under 70% routes on Sunday. Like he's still getting targets when he's out there. But yeah, I think that's an interesting call because obviously Traylon didn't play, but at the same time too, like this could be a team too. I know they won yesterday, but like, I still don't, I'm still not overly impressed with them. Like what if they're, what if they're two and six at some point, you know, they, they could be a team that trades and players, you, you know, they're basically playing the Colts for the lead in the
1: division this week. That entire division sitting at two and two Trevor Lawrence has got Buffalo, and the Colts and the Jack- J- Colts and the uh, Titans are playing. One of them's going to win and be three and two and be in first place, probably sole possession of
0: first place in that division. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. Like Jacksonville's <laughs> been off to a slow start, and then Houston and Indianapolis have been really, really impressive. So, um, and then Tennessee's obviously still two and two as well. But, um, but overall, I, I do like the call, especially because like Hopkins, he's not playing. Like he's not playing a lot in three wide sets or in two wide sets because he's been he's been less than one hundred percent.
1: And then at tight end, and and I was pretty interested, actually, in in both of these guys, but Tyler Conklin, Durham Smythe. Smythe had the game where he was kind of injured and not a part of the offense, had four targets last week. But when Wilson got going against the Chiefs, it was a lot of Conklin. And he had some moments last year as kind of a high-volume member of this pass offense. It wouldn't surprise me that much if Conklin was second or third in targets on a weekly basis behind Garrett Wilson, And he's just 7% rostered. Smythe, just 2%. I think any time you're desperate for a tight end stream, just choosing Smythe and hoping he catches one of Tua's touchdown passes makes sense. But Conklin, I think, could actually be a high-end tight end, too, the rest of the year.
0: Yeah, and especially this week. I mean, both have really good matchups. Durham Smythe is really interesting because I had him – we had Jalen Waddle out in week three. and I was like, okay, this is a good spot to maybe stream Durham Smythe. Then it was Julian Hill who was active for the first time. He ran all the routes, and then I was like, okay, well, Smythe's probably done. Last week he goes back to Durham Smythe running most of the routes. So um, maybe they're kind of doing a, a week-to-week thing. But, um, yeah, I'm definitely interested in Conklin. He he looked good. He Like you mentioned last year, he had some weeks last year, and Garrett Wilson should get his 30% target share. But after that, it's really up for grabs. Um, And again, when all else fails, just look for players against Denver at this point.
1: Jasmine in the comments, Durham smooth, and let's take a short break and then we'll get to the dynasty risers and fullers. Okay, before we get to risers and fallers, I I think it's really... really, I'm sorry, I've got to put this up now. The smooth is loose. (laughs) Um, It's fantastic. Um, The quarterback position in Dynasty right now, I think, is fascinating. And it's mostly fascinating after the top four or so. I think everybody mostly would agree... Right now, especially, it's Mahomes, it's Hurts, it's Allen in some order. If you want to put it Allen, Mahomes, Hurts, or whatever, those three are the top three quarterbacks in fantasy. I feel like since he's the only guy in the top six who hasn't really struggled that much, Lamar's still my number four quarterback
0: for dynasty purposes. Same. He was my four coming in. Then it gets really difficult. Because I really want to put Richardson 5. I really do.
1: <laughs> I have Richardson 5. Yeah. He is my number 5 quarterback. And so we're, we're agreeing on the top 5. And I, I think like probably the next two for me are Herbert and Tua. Yep. With where we stand right now. So now obviously we haven't said Joe Burrow yet. And we haven't said Trevor Lawrence yet. And we haven't said Justin Fields who was a top 5
0: dynasty quarterback for a lot of people just a month ago. The problem with the Bears is they're going to have two top five picks, (laughs) right? In the NFL draft,
1: and then the uh, the guy and you mentioned it how well he's playing, like how how much longer does C.J. Stroud have to do this before he's in this conversation? He's he's
0: done it already. Like the other thing too is the Bobby Slowick offense. Obviously, he was the passing game coordinator in San Fran. It's been as advertised. Like it's been. And that's that's why I thought the 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 combination was so fun because Stroud is so accurate, especially in the middle of the field, and that's where Collins has won, that's where Tank Dell has won, and it's been perfect. And he's doing this without three offensive linemen. So I, I I've seen enough. Like it's he's he's an elite prospect. He's played. You can't you can't list five quarterbacks that have played better than him this year. Like you can't. Right.
1: So I seen enough. Right, I'm gonna put you on the spot. We we got Mahomes, Hurts, Allen, Jackson, Richardson, Herbert, Tua. Those are the top seven in whatever order you want. You got you got to rank the next five. Who are who are the next five currently in dynasty?
0: Okay, so I still feel like Burrow should be on here. Huh? So I'm gonna go Burrow, and then I'm gonna go right to Stroud. Burrow, Stroud. I need three more. Lawrence. I'll still go fields, but uh-huh. if they have, So we,
1: ha- we have the same top 11. I think 12 is almost impossible. You could say 17 different names, and I, I'd have a hard time arguing. Yeah, like, who it's would like be your Dak, number
0: 12. Kyler, Brock Purdy,
1: <laughs> Jordan Love, Deshaun Watson, Bryce Young, just because yeah. he's young. Um, Russell Wilson's back. I'm gonna put him up there. Kirk Cousins <laughs> is a top five quarterback this year. I'll put him like I, there are a, 11 quarterbacks, I think, now that are QB1s. I actually have it, um, and I might be emphasizing this year a little bit too much, but I actually have it: Stroud, Lawrence, Borough, Fields. Um, but I, I can't think of a reason to rank Trevor Lawrence above CJ Stroud right
0: now. Yeah, it's totally fair. I, I just, it's. I know it's only been four games, but I, I've, I've seen enough. Like, it's not like he's just. It's not like. He's having 360 yards and four touchdowns off just straight garbage time with multiple interceptions right. and, and and checking it down. He is making some of the best throws, some of the best anticipation throws. Um, yeah, like you should be all in on C.J. Stroud. And, like, I'm trying to think of their opponents. They, they faced, what, Indianapolis, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. Um, Jacksonville. No, not Jacksonville. Yeah, Jacksonville. Where he, he destroyed them, obviously. Yeah. So – He's just been again and they're
1: probably I, gonna play a lot of bad teams this year. They won they won like two games last year. So the schedule is going yeah. to be relatively easy. That division not exactly stacked, especially in terms of pass defense, might be one of the worst in the league. Okay, let's get to the risers and the fallers now. And we've gone long enough. You said the best running back in the NFL. He might be third behind McCaffrey and, and Bajon Robinson, but uh Devon Achan <laughs> has moved up. He was my RB twenty coming into the week. <laughs> One week he's
0: at RB13. What is I haven't looked? Do you know what his his rank is for the position and fantasy points through it's what eight four, quarters essentially? Four or five. <laughs> he's played yeah. like eight quarters.
1: Absolutely absurd. And again, like Dave made this comment on our Sunday night podcast because I'm always the guy and it's a fantasy football meme. Look how great this guy's been. Here's why he can't do this anymore. Like he's obviously not going to average 10 yards per carry. I would love to know how you feel about Kyron Williams at that rate. Then, <laughs> yes, we're we're going to talk about him in just a moment. Um, but where where should like is he a top 12 dynasty running back immediately? Does he have to like prove that he can handle more than 10 touches in a game before that happens?
0: Yeah, it's so tough because you obviously don't expect this efficiency to continue. I don't I don't know if Jeff Wilson will even be like a factor at this point because like we saw the usage was still in favor of Mostert and then Mostert fumbled twice on Sunday. Right. A chain was getting the carries inside the 10 before like the in, like in the first quarter when both teams scored two touchdowns. There was one where they just ran it with him. Then there was one where they had him and Tyreek. Tyreek was in motion. They ran a reverse with A chain. Like I, I use everybody knew it when he was drafted. It is the perfect fit for him in this right. offense. And we're seeing that come to fruition. Um, I worry a little bit about the offensive line for Miami, but like he can, again, not this, not this level of production every week, but even if Mostert still gets his you know snaps and even if Jeff Wilson gets a little bit, when he comes back, he, AJ can still get, you know, a hundred total yards on 14, 13 touches. If, like he's if just he has a
1: hundred total yards and scores multiple touchdowns again this week, and he's facing the giants. So why not? Right. There are going to be people people ranking him at RB two or three in Dynasty. Um, I I try to move things a little more slowly so that we don't have these boomerangs all over the place. But like we started with a guy James Cook, who I said is a top twelve running back. Mm-hmm. You'd rather have HN than Cook?
0: It's really close.
1: Yeah. You're clearly
0: asking the wrong person. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, let's talk about Kyron Williams. He was RB24. He is up to RB20 for me now. I still think this could all fall apart. This so is do the I. opposite of A-Chan in that Kyron Williams is not really doing that many things that I find that impressive, but he's the clear workhorse back. And even if he's just... Like even if he's 29 and he's Derrick Henry's age, and you only get this one year, that's probably worthy of a top 24 running back in Dynasty with the state of the position right now. You're you're concerned about Williams as well. Are you trying to sell, or do you think contenders can at least bank on this for this year?
0: So I'm torn because there's really nobody that can stop him from getting this workload. Like right. Zach Evans can't even get on the field. Like they're not. Ronnie Rivers is body. the
1: clear number two right now.
0: Yeah, and he actually looked pretty good in his touches, but it was like it was literally like the third quarter where he came in and just gave Kyron a little bit of rest. And then the fourth quarter in overtime was all Kyron again. Um I do think this touchdown rate is insane. I do think it's pretty annoying for anybody that keeps streaming Matthew Stafford in good matchups. Um I also like he I think he has a hip issue right now. Um nothing serious, I don't think, but like I just don't think he can go the whole season getting twenty five opportunities per game. At his right. size, but then who else are they giving the ball to? So, right. I, I don't think, like, there's. I'm usually either like you either trade him high now or you don't. I'm I'm fine with either route, honestly. If you want to hold on to him and just be, just because I don't think there's anybody coming to take away. Now, right. McVay talked about it leading into last week that he can't keep getting 100 of the snaps, mm-hmm. and he did go down, but it didn't matter because he touched the ball almost every time he was on the field. But, like, I'm, I'm fine if you trade him at his peak value. I'm also fine if you just ride it out and say, you know what, there's nobody else that can stop him from getting maybe not 25, 28 touches. But like, and, again, that game went to overtime. But 18 to 23 touches per game feels, like, pretty safe for him right now. Yeah, I
1: I think he's someone like if if he's found money on a team that's not really quite ready to contend yet, then I'm selling as quick as I can because I have sure. zero confidence that he's going to be a, a starting running back even next year. Yeah, but if I'm a contender, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take that found money and and try to try to go win the league and
0: like I thought this team would be drafting somebody in the Charbonnet range at the NFL draft and they didn't right and you would think despite how good Williams has been, they will be drafting a running back relatively early compared to most teams in the league, barring anything crazy of Jonathan Taylor trade, et cetera, uh, this time next year.
1: One more running back in the risers, Khalil Herbert from RB 40 up to RB 31. I was so encouraged. And it's the what we'd seen for most of the season when the bears were competitive, Herbert was playing most of the snaps, but we hadn't seen the bears be competitive for an entire game. So I didn't know if that would continue to be the case. Herbert looked very good, Against a fantastic matchup, he's the clear lead back. They're going to have plenty of games where they're way behind, but I think they'll be more competitive than they have been early in the year. Herbert, would you is do you think that he should be ahead of Kyron Williams? Like, I think it's easy to make the argument he's a better rusher, but the situation's probably not quite as good right now, and I don't think either of them have a long-term future, right?
0: Herbert's tough because... For the most part, like in games he's played without Dave Montgomery, dating back to the last couple of seasons, he's been awesome. And then obviously this year got off to a slow start. They had Dante Foreman active for the first two weeks. But yeah, like last week, the Bears traditionally, when Montgomery was there, would Montgomery would play first two drives, Herbert would come in for the third, then then they'd go back to Montgomery. They went away from that usage to start the season, but last week they went right back to that. And that's why Herbert played as much as he did and Roshan didn't play as much. You do have to worry about what happens if the Bears are trailing in a game again. Um, but like it's not like Herbert came off the field for like every third down, every two-minute snap last week. So I was pretty encouraged as well. I do think he's a good player. But this wouldn't be like a bad opportunity to trade high as well just because there's going to be a lot of uncertainty with the Bears given what their record right. is right now going into next season. And like they had a 28-7 to 7 lead at one point last week. I don't think they will have that again this year.
1: Two wide receivers moving up in the rankings, and I feel like one of these guys I might be too high on, one of these guys I might be too low on. I know one of them you're going to say I'm too low on. So Puka moved up from wide receiver 29 to wide receiver 18 for me. He is now the number three rookie wide receiver for me behind only JSN and Addison. It still feels a little bit uncomfortable, but I just couldn't ignore another week. That monstrous performance, I think you've just got to gotta believe at this time, and then we'll see how bad it is when Cooper Cup comes back. And then Nico Collins was my wide receiver 43. That was too low. He's now my wide receiver 35. I assume you think that's still too low. How high would you have Nico ranked? Do you think he could legitimately be a number one wide receiver?
0: Yeah, so with with Puka, I think it's interesting. Like, where would you rank? It's tough because the ages are massively different. But like, if Robert Woods was a rookie playing this way, like, like it's he's he's in the Robert Woods role and then some. And like, the he's he's his production. It's like so ridiculously good that you can't even you can't even call it a fluke.
1: It's kind of like Achan, though. It's kind of like it's like it's double the time or not quite double because it's three out of four weeks, I guess. But like, it's just so
0: outlandish that it's hard to know how serious to take it. Mm-hmm. I, I just think to be able to, to get open at this rate and get targets at this rate, it, it's just, it's just, it's, it's legit. Um, right. for Collins, you said, what, wide receiver 35? 35, 35? I honestly think that feels about right. Would you rather think-
1: have him or his teammate tank Dell in dynasty?
0: I love Tank Dell as a prospect, I thought. Yeah. And the other thing with Tank Dell too is everybody was like, oh, is he going to be able to win on the outside because he's small? He's played like out wide like 73% of the time. Right. It not been a, it's not been a problem. I would still, I think, rather slightly have Collins. But yeah, I think Collins belongs in like the, I don't know, like Jahan Dodson, Deontay Johnson type range. Okay. I, I If you kept him at, what, 43, I, I definitely would have thought that was too low. But 35 feels – perfectly fine
1: all right i i'll, I'll take it he, he is currently between marquise brown and calvin ridley in yeah. my dynasty rankings and ridley is one of the fallers we can just we can go right there right now week one happened and i tweeted well we don't have week to one so if, dangerous for us I, we don't we don't have to wonder if calvin ridley's still calvin ridley He's clearly still Calvin Ridley. Look at what he just did. And he it's not it's not been that at all anymore. A couple couple of bad drops, couple of injury scares, really struggling with press coverage and he's been shadowed by a couple of elite corners and maybe elite
0: corners and and not By the way, the Bills get... the Bills love to play press, so that'll be interesting this week.
1: Right. Not not been able to get off the line of scrimmage. And and really, I think two of his three touchdowns were just him standing in the back yeah. of the end zone, and the defense lost him, and Trevor found him. Yep. Uh, how, how are you feeling about Ridley? Is Christian Kirk's this team's number one wide receiver again?
0: It's tough because we've also seen no Zay Jones the last two weeks, and after week one, and I, myself included, the, the worry was Christian Kirk's not playing when they're in two wide sets. So we'll see if Zay Jones is back, what that does, but um, – yeah, the other thing with Ridley too for Dynasty is we forget because he hasn't played in a while. He's like almost thirty years old. Twenty eight, yeah, yeah. Which I always I always overlook because we just we're so used to him being so good coming out of Alabama, and then he obviously didn't play for a while. But yeah, I think I think Ridley's somewhere in between what we've seen and what we saw in Week One. Like I don't think he's because after Week One it was okay. He's probably a top twelve receiver, right? I don't, and I don't think he's obviously this bad because right. again. Like if he catches a couple passes weeks two and three, we might be talking about him completely differently, especially because a couple of drops like the the drop last in week three was just the perfect throw from Lawrence over the shoulder would have been like a 30 yard touchdown. So um, maybe like maybe there is some rust to shake off, even though we didn't see it in week one. Right. Um, So I think Ridley is kind of in between what we saw in week one and what we're seeing right now. He's not as bad as we're seeing right now. uh, That's for sure. Are you buying as a contender? If you're a contender, there have been a couple of bad weeks and you're. win now squad is that somebody you want
1: as your number two wide receiver
0: i honestly think i might look elsewhere but in general i like i'm fine with the idea of it but i might just look like a little bit like i like i might honestly lean collins at this rate right just because trevor lawrence is really good we know that but like collins is we don't have to worry about like tank Dell will have his eight target games and stuff like that but i think collins is is more of the one on his team definitively than Calvin Ridley is, which is kind of crazy to say, but I think we kind of have to get to that point at this point.
1: Ramondre Stevenson was RB14 back down to RB18 for me. I was a low guy on Stevenson for about six months this offseason and then bought in at the end of the offseason. And man, he's he and this Patriots offense has just looked terrible. I kind of feel like now thinking about it, like, I've got Ramondre two spots ahead of Kyron Williams. I'm not 100% sure that, that I'm happy with that. Where are you at on Ramondre? Are you willing to brush off this slow start? Are things going to get better?
0: So I'm a little worried. Um, the run game has been completely inefficient. The offensive line has been bad. Stevenson hasn't been... Like, what sta- what saved Stevenson the first couple weeks was massive production the two-minute drill. Right. And he's still playing the two-minute drill offense. Like, the Zeke report was pretty much bogus on on Sunday about him getting starters workload, but I just think Stevenson, like we thought this this offense would be not anything, you know, unbelievable, but way more efficient than it has been. He's had some tough matchups, right? Dallas, uh, the Jets. So he's had some tough spots. But yeah, like I'm I I definitely think he should be a follower for sure. And we've got two more. Let's go with the wide receiver, T Higgins.
1: I uh, don't know Who's how he long for? he's. Don't know how long he's going to be out. Don't know how many games he has left with Joe Burrow. Yeah. Don't know how many of those games Joe Burrow is going to be healthy. Higgins with the rib injury, he's fallen from wide receiver twelve to wide receiver nineteen. This sets up a nice "Would you rather" in Dynasty: T Higgins or Puka.
0: <laughs> it's so <laughs> tough because. It's. It seems like it's inevitable that he won't be back with the Bengals at this point, which scares me. But like, how long does Stafford have left for the Rams? I think. I think I would lean Puka. Yeah. And it sucks because it's hard. Yes. I it's, love T so much, but between him maybe missing a few weeks with the rib, Burrow not being healthy, even when he's like, we don't know if Burrow is going to be healthy all year. I right. don't know if the Bengals. What if the Bengals are one and five? Well, that's what I
1: and I just said this like obviously tongue in cheek, but like if I'm the Bengals and I'm playing Madden, Burrow's going <laughs> on the IR and I'm trading T Higgins as soon as he's healthy. Yeah, and I'm going into next year with Burrow, Jamar Chase, and Marvin Harrison, and just destroying everybody. <laughs> but um, yes, I I'm I'm getting concerned that T Higgins is just going to be a, a kind of a, a low end number two wide receiver. It's going to be so interesting if we get to see next season Burrow with just Chase and Higgins with someone else and who is more impacted by that.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm try- <laughs> and, I'm, I'm, I am like trying to think of some potential landing spots just because I'm pretty much sold that he will not be back with the Bengals at this point. Well,
1: maybe the Chiefs decide that wide receiver by committee doesn't actually work.
0: Yeah, they need to play Rushy Rice more.
1: I, I think I believe they're 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 definitely going to. Uh, last one, Darren Waller was tight end.
0: Oh. I was seven. hoping we wouldn't have to talk about anything re- remotely uh, relatable to that game yesterday, but here we are.
1: Well, you know, we don't have Dan here, we don't have Adam here, so we can <laughs> we can speak honestly. Uh, that The whole thing looks like a disaster, and Darren Waller is not old enough and doesn't have the injury history to be able to sustain a disaster. Like this could be – we could be rapidly approaching the end of the Darren Waller as a tight end one era.
0: I was completely wrong. I talked about it after the Thursday night game against San Francisco. I was like, why, I don't get why everybody's worried about Waller. He dominated the target share in week one but didn't play in the second half because he was a little bit banged up and it was a blowout. Week two against the Cardinals, good matchup. He had like 76 yards. Week three, didn't play well against San Fran, but again, bad matchup. I was like, this is nothing to worry about. And like – he might be their best offensive lineman at this point. So I don't <laughs> like there I, was a lot I, of plays where he wasn't r- running routes yesterday. That's a concern. they are scheming targets for Wanda Robinson for four yards a pop. That's a concern. Daniel Jones isn't playing well. That's a concern. Like I have gotten to the point where I wasn't worried to. Yeah. This is, this is, this sounds like it could be a disaster.
1: I, it looked like a disaster on TV last night, especially I, I didn't like the body language we were getting from Brian Abel Really? Mm-hmm. Um,
0: And the other thing, too, is like I tweeted it, like if you had Waller on one of your fantasy teams, don't watch the replay that uh, Daniel Jones interception because he was wide open in the corner of the end zone. Right. I do think that there
1: is an opportunity that the the Dolphins are going to put up 40 in the first half and Waller has some success and maybe you've got an off ramp there. I'm not quite to the selling low point. But he is tight end 11 for me. He is actually just behind Kittle. And I think if you told me that everybody in San Francisco was going to be healthy the rest of the year, I'd probably prefer Waddle to kill at Kittle or Waller to Kittle. But Kittle has that out that yeah. something could happen to McCaffrey, something could happen to Debo, something could happen to Ayuk, and he could matter again.
0: I don't know what that out is for Darren Waller. And, and like Kittle, we know he has a lot of these like low floor or yeah, low floor games uh-huh. when everybody's healthy, but he could have two catches and outperform Darren Waller a lot of weeks at this rate. Like it's, it's really bad. Like Brian Dable, I've been lo- disappointed with too. I know the offensive line has been a train wreck, but like there's right. been like Seattle, they, they talked about it on the broadcast yesterday, Seattle's missing their two starting tackles and they went yep. with a lot more creativity with play action and stuff like that to at least just stop the pass rush for a half a second.
1: CJ Stroud has, right. I think, averaged like one and a half starting offensive lineman per game,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they've got all kinds of good things going on. Yeah, I, I don't need to hear about the injuries. Everybody's got injuries. We don't have any injuries, though, and we're all done here. Adam, really appreciate you joining me again. Tell the people where they can find you and what you've got going on right now.
0: Yeah, I appreciate it. It was, it was a blast. Uh, FTNFantasy.com, um, a lot of great stuff. I do this massive game-by-game article every week, which is really fun. I'll be starting to write more of that once we get off this. And we also have uh, DVOA now. Aaron Schatz and everybody with the DVOA, it's, it's, li- it's live at FTNFantasy. So it's been really fun to see that and all the amazing work that Aaron and a lot of uh, the writers do over there, especially with DVO-related um, content, which... Uh, it's awesome because we didn't know where the home would for be what the home would be for DVOA, and it's it's honestly a, a pleasure to have it at FTN Fantasy. So check that out. And we have um, honestly like had to look at uh, NBA Media Day was yesterday, so we do a lot of basketball content as well, which I am a little bit worried about because I do both basketball and football, but we will cross that bridge when we get to it.
1: that that is uh i've been in that uh two sport range and uh it's not quite as fun as it looks but good luck with that thank you adam thank you jasmine thank you Schaefer. thank you for everybody who listened and uh we will talk to you next tuesday